On today's episode, we're helping you prep for your next professional photo shoot. We're chatting about what's in our photo shoot toolkits, how to style shots, and how to collaborate with your photographer. Coming up later, Rebecca and I will play Who Would You Rather? Quarantine Edition and Kiss, Mary Kill Photo Shoot Edition. Don't forget, you can share topics you'd like to see in future episodes on Instagram at Hot Young Designers Club or email us your ideas at hotyoungdesignersclub at gmail.com. Rebecca of Studio Plum. And I'm Sean of Renstead Interiors. We're interior designers. Turned internet friends. Turned real life friends. Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. We're not that hot. Or that young. Every week we'll be spilling the tea on how a new generation of interior designers can run their businesses. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the club. club. Hi, Sean. Hey. Welcome to this meeting of the Hot Young Designers Club. I am telling you, I am, this is like a highlight of my week to get, like, get to, like, have dedicated time to talk it out, hash it out with you. Like, I need this. The whole family knows they have to go away or be quiet. I've got to tell... I have to, like, it's like, no, you can't download stuff on the internet during this. No, you can't be streaming on the, on the TV. You can't be doing laundry. It all has to be quiet. Like the whole house has to become my little studio because everything echoes through an, a house with a semi-open floor plan. So yeah, we're so mean. <laughs> it It's a, it's a small piece of a whole weekend, but I'm, I'm just stoked to be here. So. So, okay, today we're talking photo shoots. All things professional photo shoot. And I'm sure we will not even get to everything, but this is like a meat and potatoes type of episode. So we're not, right now is time of COVID. We are not in clients' homes doing shoots. I've heard from quite a few designers that they have shoots on hold, shoots on pause. They're waiting to do certain projects right now. This is the time to really like strategize around how you do them, how you plan for them, get yourself ready, start putting feelers out there to photographers, talk about their process, sort of like a peek behind the curtain. So even if you're listening and you have had successful professional photo shoots before there will definitely be stuff in this episode for you if you haven't done them before uh this is definitely going to get you a good baseline to start from and um you'll have some good takeaways yeah and you might even be able to practice in your own house with your own projects it's a lot of fun if you're feeling up for it (laughs) that's true okay well let's kick off this show with our weekly fizzle and sizzle. So every week we share the things that bummed us out, which is which are our fizzles, but celebrate the things that got us excited and they call, they are called our sizzles. For me this week, the thing that was my, I'm gonna start with my sizzle this week. My sizzle was that my husband, Sean, who is, he is a healthcare administrator. So he works in a hospital in a clinic-like setting. And from the very beginning of all of this going down, he has not been able to 
leave work early, do a work from home. Do I mean, it's just been constant making sure that his clinics, his doc, the doctors that work with him, everybody is prepared and all of that. And um, we're like holding our breath. But finally, some employees were told that it's like, hey, if you are able to like clear up your appointments and you can have a half day off or whatever, like they're trying to give employees a little bit of wiggle room. And this week he got to take a, it was like a day off, but he was working from home. So um, he hadn't been able to do that. And I have to say how nice it was just to kind of have him around an extra day during the week. It was nice to like have breakfast together and we haven't really been able to do that on weekdays. Um, I don't want to pretend like the whole healthcare situation is fine and now everybody gets days off, but um, I think we take it for granted how nice it is to have that flexibility in our lives and that there are a lot of industries right now that haven't had that. Um, the fact that he could peel himself away even for uh, one day where it hasn't felt so urgent has been a really nice mental health break for him and it was definitely needed for us too. Here's a fizzle. This is a definitely a fizzle, fizzle in the time of COVID. We've been having happy hours with friends on Zoom with a group of us, the gays of Long Beach, I'll say. Um, <laughs> but here's what I'm realizing. I can't do these calls all the time anymore. I am getting overwhelmed. It's, I feel like I just can't keep talking about what's going on with the world when I'm trying to have a distraction. And that really, like, it's supposed to be fun. We're all supposed to have a happy hour. Um, and some of them start to feel like after a while, it's, I don't want it to just be a bitch session. Like, right. I get it. We're all going through it. So I'm, I'm not going to just leave it on that note. What I'm going to say is, um, I don't know if you uh, read things from uh, Ingrid Lee. Mm-hmm. So she... Uh, talks about like joyful home and she joy. yeah. right and she, her book joyful and so she sent out in her in her newsletter this week like a prompt for joyful conversations which is just here are some prompts that you can you got to like make sure you're on her newsletter before she'll send you the prompts but it's just like a pdf prompt um i am like making a commitment to myself to make something better out of that fizzle of these calls are not being as much fun anymore. So I have got, I got the prompts. Next week's happy hour call is going to start with answering things like that. And just a little teaser, like one of them is like um, something in your home that brings you joy or makes mm -hmm. you happy. And so like, we're all on a Zoom call. Everybody could totally do that while we're sitting around our house with our phones and our laptops. They could go get the thing or take us to it and show us the thing that makes them happy. And at least by the time we go around, all of us, everyone will have shared something a little more up uplifting than, okay, we're locked in again, you know, let's complain about it. Yeah, that reminds me, um, Priya Parker, who wrote The Art of Gathering, like, it's so brilliant. I talk, can't talk about this book enough. And she started a new podcast with the New York Times recently. And they were talking about Passover, her last, her first episode, and how this family was trying to make it work. It's really interesting episode. But um, one of her ideas was for everyone to bring an offering to the Zoom. And 
there were like 40 people on the call maybe. So not to go through it, like it may not work for everyone to go and spend 10 minutes on their offering, but even if they wrote it into a Google doc later or shared a document that had links out to the thing. So maybe your offering was a meme or something, (laughs) or if it's something special, you're just holding it with you or you're wearing the shirt or whatever. Um, but it's a way for everyone to prepare for a meaningful gathering, which is what she's all about. I feel you. Um, my sizzle, I, you know, I struggled with finding a, sorry, a fizzle as well. I think everything's just kind of flattened out. Like there's not real high highs or low. The peaks and valleys are gone and now we're all in this mediocre We've layer in between. we the emotional curve. <laughs> we're we all turning into Eeyore and um, don't sue like us, Disney. Nothing. There's not a lot of interesting things happening in our lives because we're not doing anything. But yeah, I'll just share. My fizzle was similar because my friend's daughter turned three yesterday and she had, they had a really hard year and um, her daughter had open heart surgery and oh a couple gosh. months ago. So it's just a big deal for her to celebrate her birthday and we had to have a Zoom party for her. It was just awkward, like 20 people. <laughs> happy birthday. Oh, I know. Happy birthday. Like, <laughs> and the energy people. leaves so quickly after that, too. It's like, oh, now what? And it's like, there's yeah, no talking over each other. <laughs> there's no snacks to go get, no cake to cut. <laughs> <laughs> no. So it was just, I mean, I'm glad we could celebrate her, but she could care less about this computer situation, you know? Yeah. So, oh, a three-year-old. I, I can't even get my nephew to look at me when we're on FaceTime. Like, he's showing me toys. He's holding it down. It's a mess. I mean, my friend did her best. She sent us all little princess crowns to wear during it in advance. But, yeah. Anyway, so that was just kind of those, like, heartbreaking things that are, ugh, is what it is. My I mean, the good sis- news will be hopefully she doesn't remember that birthday very much. And she could, she doesn't even care. <laughs> as, like, as a three-year-old. Yeah. yeah. She still had fun <laughs> toys to play with. And she had cake. Exactly. Um, let's see. My sizzle would be yesterday we started demoing for our one-room challenge. Yeah. So, like, it feels like the project started. We've... Demo, we removed the window in our bathroom, which is a big deal. Uh, and um, we started clearing things out. So it feels like we're now kind of in a construction site lately, which is exciting. You're like, like it's happening. Com- you're committed now. Right. Yeah. Can I? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's the worst thing that happens. This happens to me in my home, but also with clients. Do you have that like, oh shit moment? Like, what have we done after you demo stuff? Never. What? Oh, I wish I could live like that. You're like living on the edge. Like, I just can't. Every time I'm like, oh, shit, we're committed now. Like, it's out. You can't put it back the way it was. It's done. Like, I mean, technically we could. It's nothing. It's just a piece of plywood up in the hole right now. I know. I do that even with clients. So I go, oh, crap. No, well, once I the only decide- path forward. Yeah, once I decide and I see the future vision, there's no, like, there's no backwards. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm glad you have that in your spirit. (laughs) Yeah. 
know. It's a long couple of weeks ahead, but it's going to be exciting to see it all come together and see your plans. So it'll be good. I can't wait. Okay. And this, this week, photo shoots, we should just like jump into the, the meat of the conversation. Um, if you have not worked with a professional photographer before, I will just say you don't know what you don't know, but there's so much you're missing out on, not just from the quality of their camera, but their professionalism and the fact that they've done a lot of these shoots before. And it makes such a big difference. So I recognize that there may be a lot of you listening who haven't worked with them before, or you've used a good, probably a great quality camera on your own. There's something to be said for the skills and the expertise that comes with these, you know, professional photographers. I started without professional photography and it just made such a difference for the quality of my portfolio, the content, and then the quality of the leads that I started getting after moving to professional photography was like day and night. And now nearly every call that I have with a prospective client always talks about the photographs that are in my portfolio and of my like more current projects. They don't ever reference any of the older photos or older projects Mm -hmm. that were out there. And in fact, I've made it a point of as new projects come in, the old ones of lesser quality have just dropped off and disappeared. So um, it does, it really makes a difference. And in, in I've seen that. So I don't know if that's been the same for you, Rebecca. Totally. I um, I mean, I can take my own photos, kind of. <laughs> I mean, I can't, but <laughs> I do a lot around my house. But yeah, the quality of a professional who has multiple lenses, knows you know can I think too for me it's helpful just to have somebody look at my house in a new way like literally they're seeing new angles that I've never considered because I'm just used to doing it a certain way so yeah oh I've had now that you say that I've had photographers go oh I want to shoot this like this or they come in and they go oh this is that shot like they've their mind is already wired for it there are they are only looking at the photo angles in light and I'm mm-hmm. looking at a hundred thousand other things and right. the details. Like how do they live and here? And what is this like? There's Oh my God, that looks filthy. I got to fix it. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So then like the, the building blocks of this will start with the photos themselves and then we'll dive into like other stuff. But I think like the first part to talk about if you're talking to your photographer is making sure that the rights and the legalities and how you're going to use them is all set up for you and your business. So how, what are the limitations, if any, on where they can be shared? You know, when do you have to be tagging or sharing the photographer? It's almost, the answer is probably almost every single time you put it out there, they, they want to make sure that they're credited. Um, But they also limit when they can be used for, anyone other than you to share them, distribute them, put them in catalogs. If you've got product, um, that's why like, you don't want to get in trouble legally. Like don't get yourself sued over this. Right. And you just want to be a good partner. I am working with my photographer still, um, like for things like the one room challenge, for instance, where I have sponsors who part of my 
deal and contract with my sponsors is their ability to use photos for their end use. Yeah. So all of that has to be, I mean, if you're smart about it, everything should be can, um, talked about with your photographer in advance. So there's a little bit of negotiation that has to happen both ways. Some of my sponsors want to be able to use photos for print and advertising, which is strictly prohibited in my original contract with my photographer. Mm -hmm. So there's things we're doing to work around it. Like I'm going to take a few photos of my own that they can have unlimited usage rights on. And um, the, my photo, my photographer's images will be limited to social media and web use only. Yeah, that's actually all of my previous contracts with photographers have always allowed social media use. So, that, I mean, and it's kind of hard to control that environment. So it probably makes it easier on them that it's just, hey, we're allowing this. You guys can share it online through social media, um, wherever. But the moment it comes into someone wants to take it and market it and make money off of their photo. Yeah. They, that's like their property. They have a right to earn money off of those photographs being used in catalogs or for sales. I totally want my photographers to stick around. So I want them to be able to make money on licensing agreements like that. And um, I've had brands want to use the photos and they just get in touch with the photographer and they work out extended rights. And that's been totally doable. Yeah, that's so possible. You just need to know who owns the photos. Your photographer should tell you that. And it's intellectual property. So my photographer owns the photos mm -hmm. and I have rights to using them. Correct. Um, I think that's good. I know that there are questions out there from other designers about just like, can I share this? A company reached out. They want to do this. Just touch base with your photographer. Some of them will want the exposure and they'll they'll give either discounted rates on the licensing agreement because they're hoping for more. I mean, let them run their business their way. Exactly. Um, but, and then that's kind of the basics. I would say after you kind of know what's in that contract, the usage rights and all of that, then you want to talk to your photographers if you're pre-screening them about how do they take their photos. And the, the answer in our industry is almost always that they need to be shooting with natural light only. It's great if they have proper lighting for some of that or that they can, some rooms are darker and they may need to use lights in the room, but ideally they can get all of the light that they need, even with a really long exposure from the natural light that's in a room. And it's shocking to me when I have like a dark space and I watch the photographer's lenses and they can just get that much longer of an exposure. And so in real life, it looks like a dark cave but on the photograph because the lens is open that much longer they collect so much more natural light and I yeah. am constantly in shock and you just can't reproduce that with editing it's never going to look no. exactly the same and it just makes everything in the room look so much better I I know it's like seems counterintuitive but if they've got the right equipment and the right presets set up with their editing program, they're going to get so much more light that way. Than Which means, um, so not all photographers are created equal. I have some amazing photographers who are really great at portraiture and lifestyle shots, but when translated to interiors, they'll even say it's, it's a trickier game. Yes. It's different. 
So interior photography should always be shot on a tripod unless like sometimes you can do like freehand on detail stuff, but yeah, like that vignette little stuff is super easy to get in on with a handheld, you know, but a tripod is necessary for those long exposures. Like you were talking about. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's, there's no workaround. (laughs) No, there's no way to do it. And while it's on a tripod, we should also mention that one of the best things that can help you kind of up the professionalism of your shots in and the way that they read on camera is if while it's attached to a tripod that the camera's also tethered to your photographer's laptop so that way you can see the photos as they're being taken and as they're importing into their software program because i i mean sometimes i get so excited about the first couple of shots that like, I'm going to like wet myself. I get so excited. Like I just like, you just have these projects, you're so psyched, but then you start seeing them come on and it's still exciting, but you're like, Ooh, I need to move that base like an inch to the left. Or like, I need to have that little piece of a eucalyptus frond Mm -hmm. hanging over the edge of the photo. Like you can't get that by looking at the little screen on your photographer's um, camera. You can't, well, you see can't that. get it. You can't see it at all by your eyeballs looking at the scene. The camera yeah. is going to read the room so much differently. It's insane, depending yeah. on you know, especially the lens and how tight like where, it's getting shot. Yeah, wherever that where frame is going to be. Yeah. yeah, totally. It's that's like essential. It's usually a mix for my photographers. They have. Um, Sometimes like we'll just shoot through a couple quick series of things. And then once we see where stuff lands, then we go back and we restyle or edit as we're doing it. But without being tethered, I couldn't do that. So there's a lot of, I'm not going to say there's a lot of wasted shots, but there, there are a lot of shots that aren't used that still look beautiful, but they're not going to be the portfolio shot. They're not going to be the Instagram shot. Um, but they're still beautiful photos. And most photographers go back through my stuff later and they favorite photos that are really the ones they want to get, but there are hundreds taken during a shoot. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I definitely think tethering is an amazing tool. Um, I mean, I, but I've had it where like one of my last shoots, the tethering didn't work. So sometimes you just have to be and there's a lot of flexibility required on these shoots. Oh yeah, I but was that... I almost missed that one time, but I had the the, the photographer forgot the dongle attachment. Right. Who invented that stupid word dongle? Um, the dongle. She had the she didn't have it, and I luckily had one because I had been doing stuff on my laptop and I had a connector, so she used mine for the shoot. So. Oh, that's awesome. If not, I was going to, on that shoot, Sean, my husband, was helping me. uh, And I was like, before I realized I had it with my stuff, I was ready to send him to like Target or Best Buy or whatever to get get one. Because it it was just not an option. That was a whole house shoot. So I was like, there's no way we're getting through this. Like, I could start her on something small where I don't need them. And she could do the hand shot stuff, but I definitely wanted it later. So anyway. Also, um, I think an important thing to do is I've heard this come up before is don't be afraid to ask for a review. A lot of times people I think are intimidated by photographers. And also maybe that's just not a great 
fit of a person if they're not going to let you get your eyes on it. Yeah. But you need to see it through the lens. So if they're not offering, you need to ask. You definitely, this if like to Sean's point, you're interviewing, make sure they allow that. This is not editorial, um, lifestyle, artistic work in that way. Like this is <laughs> a reflection of your work. Yeah. They're not the art director, you are. So you need to insist on a review and being able to make adjustments. Totally, totally. I mean, I've, there, there's like definitely, like you said, all photographers are created different. So I, I had some photographers who are like, they really want to capture a lot of angle shots, which in our business, just angle shots don't really sell everything as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found that the head on like forward, everything kind of lined up Where, if you're, yeah, yeah you're, everything's squared off. The, the camera is exactly facing the credenza in an entryway. Those do and perform the best in social media. So I really want to shoot a lot of things head on, but sometimes you can't get a whole room or a space and I have plenty of angle shots. What's funny is a, a lot of the angled shots can also feel more intimate, even though they're bigger, but they also feel a little bit more approachable sometimes because people are imagining how they're in a room. The trick is that they're not using such a wide angle lens like a realtor would use, that it's right. still relatively narrow field. Not and distorted. that instead, yeah, we're not trying to get a panoramic of a whole room. They're just trying to get a corner or there might be a doorway that blocks them from getting the perfect angle. So you shoot around those things and that's you totally going to happen. Yeah, to the wide angle, you don't want to see a ton of ceiling and a yeah. weird bunch of foreground of the flooring. Um, yeah, definitely real estate photography is different than interior design photography. Um, and I think sometimes those angle shots are nice. I, I like to get, I mean, I guess I agree that the straight on shots perform the best and they're the prettiest but sometimes or i think it's important to have the angle shots to get an idea of how the rooms interact yes so you see okay where am i in this space how does yeah how does like the entry relate to the living area relate to the dining or whatever yeah and then they always i always ask for I always like it when the photographers are pulled back just a little bit extra because I can always crop in on a frame or I can edit it. But if it's too tight, there's no way for me to pull back. So I'd like to be able to take a, a really large, like, you know, vertical photo and then I can crop into part of it horizontally for a detail shot um, and get like a mix. But it's nice if they already take, a couple photos of every room in every room horizontally. And then at some point they turn the camera and they get some more vertical shots. It's nice if they've already done that, but if they're not going to be able to get that many shots, at least get them to get some that are pulled back. So that way you can crop them into different sizes. Yeah. Like on the photo tip angle, having, you need vertical and horizontal both so you need vertical mostly for social media works best um just the proportions but you need those horizontals for blogs and website yeah you're gonna be so bummed if you only have vertical because you cannot get those wide photos um cropped right 
Yeah. If they're only vertical. They just don't work right. So and I've had that Especially on smaller small spaces. Projects. Like Thank small you. rooms like that. <laughs> yes. Bathrooms yes, are really hard to shoot. Horizontal, so and you feel like you just end up with a bunch of small detail vignette shots and you're like, well, this does nothing for explaining the whole room. Like, I mean, you can only do what you can do, but I mean, when we shot my, oh, Eames again, when we shot my powder room, um, yeah, I mean, my photographer, she's standing on the toilet. Like, I mean, it's just like crazy. I have had, I've done there. photographers outside the bathroom in the window, like from the window into the shower, like, <laughs> like taking a, a picture. <laughs> Yeah, like a peeping Tom trying to get a shot. And it's, it's like, I mean, kudos to them. Like, yeah, there's only so much room sometimes. And uh, good on our, like good so on photographers. Lens. They're okay, doing whatever they can to get it. A couple more um, on the tips. Don't try to get shots. And when you're looking at your shots, make sure that not the, that the furniture legs aren't all cut off. You want to oh, see that's the a good full one. leg of the furniture on the floor. Yeah. And Otherwise, it's just it a sometimes. floating spaceship. Yep. <laughs> and or then I, anything oh. weird that's going to show up. Like, I had blue tape yeah. in a photograph one time for something that we had taped aside, like, out of the way. And it, I can, I can never use that photo because it just is so glaring and ugly and you can't Photoshop it out? Not not in this one sh shot that it's in. Um, mm. So it will bug me forever because if to Photoshop it out would mean some really funky edits to the photo that would be really obvious. And it was just easier yeah. to not use the photo. So have you had I've that had happen? i had that happen with drapes that are not hanging right. And I didn't notice it the whole shoot. And so every photo with them. It's like one funky fold. Yeah, it looks terrible. <laughs> you can't fix it. Yeah. Um, I used to do a lot of product photography in my old, well, really my first job, I was in the coffee industry. So we were shooting really close up tight shots of um, coffee. Perfect in latte. Oh my God. We would spend eight <laughs> hours for one photo. It was crazy. Uh -huh. um, Food photography is a beast. Oh, and we would, this was, this was back in the day too, before digital. So we would shoot four by five film and have to do Polaroids. Like talk about tethering. No, thank, like, no, thank you, ma'am. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad I learned how to do it and what it involved. No, ma'am. Yeah, it was tedious. But one thing that that photographer, my friend Gordon really taught me about was avoiding tangents. Do you know about this? Like tangent lines? Like you're taking me back to high school geometry right now? Kinda, it's like a gestalt <laughs> theory. Okay. So like picture a, let's see, a um, vase on a table with um, wainscoting line in the background. Okay. You do not want the top of that vase to be perfectly lined up with that wainscoting. Oh yeah. You don't yeah. want those two points to touch because it creates this weird tension. Yeah. So you want to make sure the vase is moved so it overlaps the background line. So that's called a tangent. So anytime okay. two objects meet in an uncomfortable way, you know, it's not pleasing. Is that, it's like those memes where it says that you're like this close to losing your shit and like two things are like just about to touch like a, yeah. like a milliliter or millimeter, milliliter. <laughs> God, we're drinking over here. A millimeter from each other. 
that's yeah. I either try to have things overlap, but in that same way, I always try to style where things are. If something is not going to make it all the way into a frame, I I would rather have it be partially in and kind of coming in off the side because people's minds will imagine the rest of it. But if it's just gone and there's just this empty surface at the end of a photo, sometimes you feel like, well, something's gone. It's completely missing. missing so yeah. I even if it is just like a little bit of some branches of a tree that's in a room is peeking in the corner, it's better than just an empty hole that would have been there right. instead. And on that same vein, I'll add one more thing is don't be afraid to move stuff around. So if you're shooting that console straight on, but the back of the sofa is kind of eclipsing it, like poking in, yeah. just move the sofa completely out of the way so you can get that beauty shot straight on of the console. Totally. Push That's stuff where around. you have to do that because some things just can't be shot the same way. And um, I would say that's, this is probably a good place to go into like prepping for a shoot is mm -hmm. I, I never shoot with clients in a project if it's more than like one room. If it's one room and clients can keep themselves out of that room, like a, a bathroom or a living area, and I, I can have them completely out of it, I don't mind that. But otherwise, if we're going to shoot multiple rooms, I ask that they leave the house. Um, and the right to photograph is part of my contract. But the I generally just ask very nicely, like, hey, this is going to be easier for everybody if you're just out during that day or not home. I've photographed when clients were on vacation before to make it easier. I just, I don't want them there in the way while we move furniture, while I adjust styling, they start to get freaked out and they get antsy because they don't understand the difference between what it looks like for a photo versus how they live in it are two very different things. Right. And it's kind of like surgery. Like you're going to have to pull all the guts You're going to tell the doctor. The yeah. Table. Like no one needs to see it. Yeah. It just needs to happen. Yes. Yeah. And if it's like grandma Betty's prized, you know, whatever wedding topper, you don't want that on the shelf yeah. for your photos, but you don't want them seeing you taking it away. Yeah, and I ask, that's good, because I ask clients, like, please take out your photos, because if you don't, I'm going to, it's not personal. Personal it's photos, just, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't need people to identify you, but, I mean, that's, like, kind of in the beginning. I also do weird things, like, ask them if there's anything they're allergic to, because I don't want to, like, bring peanuts in the freaking house to snack on if they're allergic to peanuts, like... Uh, I do. I have like a whole. Oh, I have a whole. Maybe this is something we'll have to put on the website. But I have a whole list. They have to sign an acknowledgement to that talks about like I don't want to let your pets out. Like they need to be isolated. Even I love pets. I have my dogs, but I don't need them running around during a shoot, stepping into a frame or unless they're highly photogenic and then they need to model. Well, I just remember that old Hollywood adage. What is it? You can't. You don't work with kids or animals or something like because of yeah. their unpredictability like <laughs> I don't right it's really hard during a shoot to do that but I have a whole checklist like I also tell clients like what day do you get your house cleaned a lot of them do in my area which is a very first world problem but I try to come in the day after their house has been mm -hmm. cleaned because it makes my job so much easier um for one client, I actually paid for a cleaning beforehand because it was a busy house and <laughs> I realized it was going to be 
easier for me to just pay for their cleaning and extra cleaning before my shoot than it would have been for me to spend the time and energy to do it and have I usually bring in like an assistant or someone to help even if it, it is also doesn't look very profesh when you've when you go in there with your gloves on ready to mop the floor like yeah and i don't keep have, ain't nobody got time for that like no. sh- i'm paying the photographer for their time and if they're waiting around for me to clean i'm still paying them like right. that doesn't make sense so yeah i always do that like prep it first um if i didn't share with a photographer before they came I usually have a shot list of all the priority spaces, like the spaces Mm -hmm. I've been imagining. And a good photographer will say, what are the spaces I can't miss today? Like, what do I got to get? So especially if there's product collaborations involved, I'm always going to pop in with this, but like, yeah, I have to have this kind of shot of the, duvet that was sponsored like make sure it's in there and make sure it's the hero of at least one photo yeah and that's good because you like you want them to get the cool stuff but you do want them to just come up with some fun stuff on the spot um i also tell my photographer about spaces i want them to avoid i have had spaces in rooms that I wasn't responsible for and I need them to shoot around those, which usually means make sure they don't end up in a shot. Or I have had parts of scopes of work where I was not included and someone Mm -hmm. else, you know, a contractor was doing something and I've just had to avoid spaces. If they know that those are weird areas or trouble areas that you're not super happy with, um, don't feel like you have to shoot everything. It's okay. Don't shoot something you're not proud of, I guess, as part of that. Like, or you're not even going to use. Yeah, you, it's so much better to don't even have them take a picture that you're never going to post in your portfolio right. or on your content. Like, it's just not worth it. Let them focus on another detail shot or something you can use elsewhere. Totes. So lighting, we didn't talk too much about lighting. Um, this is definitely the photographer's wheelhouse in their world. But before they come, like for preparation, you need to know how the light works in the house. So what direction the windows are facing. Um, Yeah, you want to make sure there's not like crazy sun pouring through the windows during the time that you're shooting. But also like my house only gets sun during like two times of the day and obviously on opposite sides of the house. So otherwise, it's almost totally there's no light so I have to shoot in the mornings or afternoons yeah and for most people for most shoots you don't want to shoot if it's an east facing if it has a lot of east facing windows or a room with east facing you don't want to shoot in the morning because the light coming in can be too harsh and you don't in most shoots you generally want to have window treatments open um again that's okay like for everybody listening this is like the best case scenario but sometimes you can't avoid it. Like I have seen plenty of beautifully shot rooms where a Roman shade is pulled slightly or uh, a a drapery might be slightly closed to block the harshest part of some sunlight coming in, but they leave a little bit filtering in. And that's cool too, but just know where it is because it also helps if it's like a full home, it helps the photographer prioritize which room they do first. So they might shoot the room 
that already has perfect light. And then at the end of the shoot, when the, the other room, the sun is kind of set at the end of the day, they can come into another room when there's still some lighting and it's not harsh anymore. So. Yeah, or you just have to get crazy creative. Like my kitchen is so hard to shoot um, because the sun just comes right into the window and we had to create this crazy drop cloth on the outside on the front lawn. My dad was like holding it while we were shooting it, but we were trying to keep it out of the shot. It was like this whole whole thing. That's that. Drop cloths are in my photo shoot kit because not every photographer will have them. But even those that do may not have the right size or they may need another one. And so um, that's that they're in, they're part of my kit. Should we go through our kits? Yeah. I, first off, the most important thing, everyone, you need snacks and LaCroix at a photo shoot. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not because... It's not like a Mariah Carey diva moment. Like I need all white M&Ms in my dressing room. You have like a writer (laughs) <laughs> but I do, I, I just, you're going to be picking at things. It goes on longer than you think. You're not, you you're not going to have, there's going to be no lunch break. There's going to, you're just going to power mm. through. So like I have things like protein bars or kind bars and like peanuts or whatever you can safely bring little snacky bags of stuff. LaCroix. Um, I sometimes send my husband has been a really great photo assistant, actually. I, but I've also had friends help me. I've had people who are interested in design, design enthusiasts, reach out to me on Instagram even. And I've had them as assistants for jobs, like for photo shoots, um, which I think they love because that's like this. This is the sexy part of interior design. But um, it's also like they get to see what it's like and know if that's something they also want to be getting into. Um but you always need people to help run. So they're not in my kit, but I don't plan a shoot without help because you can't leave. It's you and the photographer and you might need help moving a plant, moving a sofa, move, you know, going on a yeah, run for really a laptop intense. dongle. <laughs> <laughs> it's super intense. What's I, in you, what's one thing you put in your kit? Um I mean, I always bring my install kit, which I use for installations, which includes like every random thing under the sun. Like, it's like a tape, junk drawer. <laughs> totally. Tape, matches, scissors, glue dots, like all kinds of to- little tools. I have a bunch like, of tools. those like fuzzy furniture and Felt, pads, yep. like felty pads. I have tons of those. I'll bring um, our little Dyson hand vac. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, Ooh, that's a smart one. That thing's Let awesome. me write that down. Um, definitely flowers. That's yes. like, I mean, those are pretty much props, but, um, sorry. Bonus points are like, you get the flowers and you can either leave them there as something very generous with your client or you can take them home and give them to your family or your friends when you do that. So that's like an upside of the flowers. I, for the flowers are a business expense. Those are part of marketing and advertising. So I, I use flowers like that. We're very fortunate in LA to have a flower district. That's very, very amazing and huge. And so I can find stuff at all times of the year. Um, but I have also in that same light bought stuff at like Trader Joe's 
and picked oh, yeah. up stuff for if a it's shoot. Like, season, I'm bringing, I'm going to Trader Joe's. Um, yeah, but I always bring a mix of flora and fauna. So actually, is fauna is like animals, huh? Yeah, please don't bring animals to my photo shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. So I meant flowers. Oh, I brought this small green. woodland squirrel to the phone. <laughs> oh my god! Or my baby doves that are nesting in my yeah. Light. Don't, don't um, do that. <laughs> how cute would it be to have a nest of baby doves, though? <laughs> that would be such Just a coffee what, in table. the kitchen, like <laughs> no, like a coffee table centerpiece. I'm imagining, spring. I'm imagining like a Renaissance moment. still life where they would have stuff like that, like foraged things for a renaissance still life portrait not afraid to forage but what i meant to say is flowers and just like greenery like yeah I've like potted known, plants succulents mixed or up I've stuff been known like, to like hop out i always keep pruning shears in my glove compartment and i've hopped I have out cut of the starbucks a- drive through where there's <laughs> eucalyptus hanging over I'm like yes. this needs to be trimmed anyway I have cut magnolia branches from the city trees and use those for stuff. I've cut pretty branches that have little blooms on them from yeah. public stuff. I don't usually take it from someone's yard unless I ask. Um, and I say I don't usually because that's not always been the case. <laughs> <laughs> I've, well, I have looked over my shoulder a few times of like, is anybody watching me cut this? And then just snipped it real quick and ran. I mean, sometimes it's like you're doing them a favor, like you're pruning their... Yeah. Um, but I like to bring a mix of flowers and greens. Sometimes flowers are just too much. Um, they might be like pulling too much of a color Yeah. story. So just having texture and greens can, or like branches can be what you need. Or height yeah. differences. Like I like to just do all that on it's- site with what we need to do. It's amazing all the little like weird spots or corners or things that are part of a shoot that in a photo it's completely empty, but we forget how much that last little layer of like flowers or greenery or whatever fills in and brings life to a room. Um, And I, I try to explain that to clients because I recognize that we all don't have like these, you know, like fancy Hollywood mansions that we're living in where we can afford fresh flower deliveries every week. But I do try to like give some of that moment to clients of at least on a coffee table or something. I want them to have it during an install, but then you've got to bring it back in during a shoot. I bring, I have extra plants in my house that I've brought just to have options, little house plants, succulents, cuttings. Mm. Um, Do you bring a lot of, do you bring extra stuff to your shoots? Yeah, I like to bring extra styling things. So usually I'm shooting within a day or two of install. So yeah. That's the Uh, ideal. So books, but I'll even have like, when I install, I usually have options for pillows and throws and things like that. So I'll usually bring those back because sometimes you just need a quieter throw on the sofa, even though... Like, it looks it great in the looks, design. Yeah. But in that specific shot, it's, like, too much Distracting. to have a blue one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have, like, extra... I have a couple, like, extra trays from my styling closet. Mm-hmm. Or, like, extra bowls of all different sizes. It's amazing how, like, just a tiny little bowl or yeah. something on a vanity or whatever just make Like, no one's using hand soap, but sure, we'll put a 
little cake of hand soap in a photo because it looks more approachable or something like stuff like right. that or like hand towels different bases for different sizes of um when you're building those flower or branch arrangements you, you just need options yeah i'm definitely not the i'm not mad at people who do it i don't want to sound shady as <laughs> shady as hell but i'm not a fan of uh like the shoot where it's like a kitchen and it has like 14 artichokes and a bowl and they look beautiful on camera like don't get me wrong but also to me they just don't feel real like I keep artichokes in the fridge so it's weird to me when I see a bowl of like 14 artichokes and sometimes I see shoots where I'm like oh those are definitely fake artichokes and I'm thinking are they leaving those there all the time because artichoke does anybody artichokes stink when you leave them out they're Ooh, gross. They yes, they're not meant to be like once like, they've been cut, they're they need to go like fast. Like hated what if it. It's a like kitchen. I'll <laughs> I'll do like a bowl of citrus. Yes. Um, that feels more I mean it, it would be natural. And I know that's more of like a styling thing, but you do think about that when you're going to shoot of like, oh, we have the bar cart. Let's grab like five limes or something. And we do, we're going to have some of those at the bar cart, even though we understand that people aren't leaving them there all the time, but. No, but it could be, I mean, I like to kind of set the scene of, okay, this is pre um, cocktail gathering that they're going to have or. Or it's like, this. Uh, is this a Sunday morning? whatever Brunch. that's like yeah. styling stuff that's good okay so that's where we go next then is styling the shots of i i have like an old pair of glasses from my husband that i use for shoots because he gets new frames every once in a while and i keep an extra set of glasses because like that's a good idea there's, there's something so cute about like a folded up magazine or a newspaper or something with some glasses and like not even where like sign of humanity like there was a person like someone lives in this house like Mm -hmm. something it shouldn't be so perfect that it looks like it was a museum photo shoot like you wanna like I've had I have like old keys and stuff too that I even have on like a little key ring because like if your client's not around also you don't know if you're you don't want to see your clients like gross key fob with like the giant black remote for their car so sometimes you want like good what's good looking keys but like like an old timey like skeleton key no just like the metal a keychain with only like metal keys on it you know with like a little little key fob key ring on it that you can drop in a bowl and it's at the at the entryway and it can be there um that's like that's stuff I always have or like set up a little stage for coffee or something on the on the like the kitchen island i feel like you said is like are they cutting up some lemons for a cocktail are they making tea or yeah make it i don't i mean get the shot where you have nothing in there so you could see everything beautiful but then make sure you have that moment where it looked like almost like the the homeowner just left the room right like a little lifestyle yeah people people eat that. that shit up Rebecca, they love that shit. Well, it lets them imagine that they are there or they live there. And yes. that's why you need to remove all the family photos. So, cause you can't imagine yourself living somewhere if you see someone else's face mm-hmm. on the And shelf. in that sense, it is sort of like real estate staging where 
Yes. People need to be able to pretend and have like suspended disbelief for a couple minutes. Like, oh yeah, I could live. This is where I live. Or this could be me in this lifestyle. Put me in it. There's sometimes some makeup work moments when you're styling though. Like it's, you're like, no one is ever going to live this way. No one's ever going to use this the way I've done this. Like, I'm not going to leave sure. a bowl of pistachios on my coffee table. Like what a freaking mess. Like, <laughs> or like apples but, in the entryway. Like if you start dissecting yeah. like oh, I saw, in magazines, it's ridiculous. I saw an architectural digest photo where there was like a bench in a corner of this New York apartment and the, the bench had half of it was a cushion and the other half of it, they had put like nine tangerines on the <laughs> side of the bed, like spaced <laughs> out. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't know. I'm like, okay, What's they look the great. Story? They look great for color, but what? Like, my like, did the kid just leave his cuties sitting on the bench? Like, <laughs> it didn't make vitamin C I think deficient, it, and they need to like in the, get it in. Wake up. <laughs> always, they got a reminder. But I think it was mainly for the oh, this bright orange color is in the background on this corner, and we wanted to get color on all sides of the photo. But man, that was like some poor styling assistant was told like, get down to the corner store and get some tangerines now. <laughs> like we need, we need colorful fruit. And they had to go, that poor assistant had to go running to the little like 7-Eleven and get some oranges, like cuties <laughs> for that shoot. Like, yes. Well, I've been in a shoot where we were styling a bar cart and realized that all of the beautiful crystal decanters were empty. And that was like a dumb moment and the homeowners didn't live in the house. So they hardly had anything. And it was like, he was like a bachelor and, and he didn't, I guess he should have had whiskey, but like, I don't even think he'd moved into the house or something. What proper bachelor doesn't have alcohol I in know. the house? Like. <laughs> so we had, we had these really amazing with like decanters. So I'm like, okay, well we got to fill them up. So I was able to fill a couple with water, which could be gin and vodka, but like we okay. need some brown liquor in here. So I just went into the fridge. I'm like, what has he got in here? And I just mixed up a batch of soy sauce and kept adding water until it just made the perfect whiskey color. I think I might have added something else because it was like, it's, this is from my old like food styling days too. Okay. Different sauces like have a different color. So the soy yeah. sauce ended up working pretty good. But in the past, we used to have liquid smoke on those shoots too. Oh, yeah. You can make coffee out of liquid smoke because it's got like a gray kind of color base to it. That's so smart. Um, so that was really awesome. So I was pretty proud of my soy sauce whiskey move. Because you just got to make it work sometimes. That's, we don't, you're just like, to quote Tim Gunn, make it work, designers. Make it like, work, people. <laughs> just, it has to happen. Or you, I can't tell you how many times that like perfect throw blanket moment, that oh don't God. just happen. That does not just happen. It's, I'm going to try putting it on my shoulders and then throwing it back onto the sofa. <laughs> I'm going to sit. The reverse like, dismount. Like, yeah, it's like, how can I make it look like like it well, was meant to be just left behind in a perfect What always happens to with... me is it happens the first time, but then I'm like, oh, I think I can make it better, and then you never can. And you're wrong, wrong, nope. Yeah, because <laughs> the first time you did it very casual, cavalier-like, which totally. is how they fall, 
<laughs> now you're focusing on these freaking things. Exactly. But like um, I had in my bathroom shoot last year, I had gotten these really pretty hand towels for the towel, like, you know, just a hand towel rack. And they were fluffy and inviting. But once we started shooting in that room, which is pretty small, they were so overwhelming, like huge. Yeah. It's like this huge puff ball on the wall. And so she's like, do you have any Turkish towels? I'm like, shoot, I only have like full-size bath towels. So I'm like, whatever, give me the scissors. And I just cut that shit off. Oh. I cut the, I mean, it was kind of ratty, so it was fine. But yeah, I cut but it off, like, duct taped it in the back. <laughs> I did. Duct taped the back and it looked perfect. Okay. I think I, I had mean, to cut because I had to cut it into a rectangle, so I had to cut two sides of it. So I draped it and zhuzhed it just perfectly, duct taped it over the loop. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I that's why I, like I mean, you at my house the best. Photo shoots are yeah, photo shoots are fake. Like I have told clients that I'm like, this is fake. This is all made no up along the way like it's not no one's living like this and i even showed one client because they were like how do you make the beds look like like they do in a shoot and i was like hold on first off there's like six layers on a fully styled bed and at least here for us i'm in southern california greater la nobody sleeps with that much because if no one's running their ac that much as much as i would like it to be like frigid at night to sleep with like 80 layers like you know hibernating Nobody sleeps with their bed with all those layers that are in for a shoot, but they do no look beautiful. Yeah, you're you're you have to iron the top of the sheet to make it look that beautiful, so it's not all wrinkly after it washes. You just steam out extra stuff, wrinkles on pillowcases, and for comforters, that usually like the big trick for comforters is um, you even have to put a second comforter, like duvet, underneath one to make it look full enough. Yeah, and all the retail stores, too. They're all double-stuffed duvets. Exactly. And, oh, there was a good trick that Emily Henderson used to use that I picked up a long time ago, which was she takes um, the, like, aluminum, like, duct tape, where it's actually, like, aluminum sticky tape, so it has, Mm -hmm. like, a rigidness to it um, for, like, true, like, HVAC work. Yeah. She she puts that on the edges of pillows when, you know, like sometimes the Mm. edge is just too wobbly or wavy, but you want it to be a straight line. She put that on the back of the pillow to make it sit up straight. So it still stays in a straight line. And it's like genius. Like I've got that in my set now. I've got, I think I read from her. She also puts, they fill in with cardboard, right? Like the pillows. Yeah. To keep the back of it firm and like held in place with the fluffy part on the front there's this guy have you heard i don't know his name so i'll put it i'll look it up and put in the show notes but there's this guy who's a famous um world traveling bed stylist world traveling no literally all he does is style beds and he works for like pottery barn and west elm um and like for shoots for shoots all he does is Style catalog shoots for catalogs. Like he can't be hired to come to your house. Oh God, no, (laughs) no. But like he has these videos. I'll find them. They're fascinating to watch because like the man can just pull a duvet and like he's got like the perfect like 
Toss. maneuver and then the duvet oh. just falls but then I like love that shit. he's got great tips too yeah it's so <laughs> okay cool. we, i need to know who he is because i want to follow that too um i forgot about i love him. that yeah. stuff styling is a whole other world i have a crush on quite quite a few stylists that are out there for designers um like there's a few that you you see that pop up for stuff and they get pulled for stuff now. Like even Brady, Brady Tolbert, who works with Emily Henderson or did work with Emily Henderson, he does styling. Um, so his for Bobby, stuff, you know, right? Yeah, and now he works with, with um, Bobby Burke. And there's another one here in Los Angeles um, who just like has mastered that effortless quality, um, Scott Horn. Uh, Oh, I told you this week there was one that I was looking Colin, at where I re- um, Colin, Colin King. Yes. Colin King. And you guys have probably, if you're listening, you've probably seen his work and not even realized that he was the stylist for it. But um, in the meantime, I can't afford to bring on my own stylist. So it's just me and I'm doing all the work and I'm learning from all of these other stylists as I go how to I like- I love that part do it and that's the fun part of our job is I'm like holy crud I would have never thought about this if I hadn't watched them do it totally and watch yeah like how the way they lay things like moves your eye around the photograph and gives it life and dimension and like rhythm it's really cool it's a whole art form I think this is like this is the intro to photo shoot by no means like nothing takes the place of being on the shoots learning from your photographers i have learned every single shoot something new from a from a photographer um you know i realize stuff i need to put in my list i have like this running do you use notes on your phone a lot oh yeah where they're like cloud synced so i have i'm constantly adding in i have a list that's like install kit shoots like Every time it crosses my mind, it goes into one of these cloud backed up lists so I can keep myself going because nothing takes the place of getting the notes written down as it's happening. And you go, damn it, next shoot, I've got to figure this out. And trust me, you will forget after the relief of finishing that shoot, you will not be able to remember half the stuff that happened that day. It just, you'll oh. never want to think about it again. Oh God. It's such a mess. <laughs> you so just want to like take a shower and like go to bed early that after a shoot. I always say like photo shoots, I mean, similar to installs, it's the most exhausting day's work without, well, the way it's not similar to install is it's not physically demanding when you're just sitting there judging and looking <laughs> at the, <laughs> um ipad that's what clients think we do all day but i always say like it's the it's like a different mental brain workout like your brain is like operating in a different way and you're looking at things so intensely i think it's just like a brain drain yeah you're you're like all your mental space is gone for that day and it's done but it's It's like super heightened when you get that link from the photographer and it's, and you see everything and you're just like, damn, like I want it. I want the whole world to see this. I'm so excited about a project again and I'm so happy with it. And clients get stoked too. when they see how great their home looks like they are excited to share it and have people see it too. It's like birthing a baby and you finally get to put it out there. So, um, 
I hope that you guys find that there were some tips and thoughts here and we've definitely got some stuff that's going to be in the show notes. Yes, and I can't wait to be able to shoot again because I'm just tired of all of my old photos and only shooting in my house right now. Yeah, there's there's going to be a pent-up demand for new content when everything can start easing itself back into normal schedules and normal planning again. It makes total sense. Yeah, that we got to get Amber Interiors needs to get her house shot. Like, we... <laughs> I know, like, I've been everything's watching... Everything's, like, holding back. I know I'm not the only one who's like pausing stories going like, Ooh, that looks good in the background of this mm-hmm. or that. Like, I know we're all watching all these stuff and I'm, I can't wait for all these shoots. It's exciting to see it out there. And I know a lot of designers are in similar boat where it's just a waiting game for now. Um, but I think that's, it's on the horizon. It'll we just got to hold out hope. Yeah, exactly. Um, This week, we're trying a new segment at the end where they are surprises both to uh, Rebecca and I. We did not share these with each other. And we came (laughs) up with kind of just something stupid. (laughs) But we wanted to do something to test each other. Because one of the things that Rebecca does every week, you guys, I don't know how many of you make it all the way to the end of the podcast. But after the outro, Rebecca always surprises me with an outtake of something that didn't make it into the podcast or got edited before we were actually supposed to be recording. And it's always something silly. And I look forward to hearing them. So that's kind of like an Easter egg uh, that happens way at the end of every podcast is it's just this little outtake at the end of the credits. It's like the uh, comic book movies, like Marvel Universe, like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> After yeah, the, the, end of a, the end of a Pixar movie. Exactly. So this week we decided we're going to put some here before we finish. Uh, do you want to start? Okay. So my um, category is Kiss, Mary Kill. So I'm going to tell you three things. This is photo shoot related. I made okay. it thematic. Mine's themed. Okay. Um, so you have to choose which one you would... We're trying to be PG. So kiss, marry, or kill. Okay. PG after I've like dropped an F-bomb in the episode, but <laughs> sure. We're all adults here. Um, okay. So this is, what would you, which one do you want to kiss, marry, or kill for photo shoots? Okay. A bouquet of red roses. Oh. Purple hydrangeas. And this is not to say these things are bad, but we all have different opinions. Uh-huh. Purple hydrangeas or white carnations? Oh, shit. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Okay, kiss, marry, kill. Uh, I I honestly think that I'm going to kill the red roses. I know that sounds awful, but I just, I can't get past... I'm going to kill red roses because I could deal without those. Um, I might, I might uh, marry the carnations because they could be done right. Like you could just do one or two in the bud base and then purple hydrangeas kiss. I don't know. They're okay. I like, I've used hydrangeas, but not purple hydrangeas. Like I'm not that Southern home type of designer they work in some places i see them and they can look beautiful but they're just not for me but they're worth a kiss 
Give him a smooch. You know what? I yeah. totally agree. I think I, we're on the same page with <laughs> our KMKs. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm okay. not. I'm not mad at that. Why? I. I could. Yeah. I could live the rest of my life married to the white carnations because I could make something cool out of them. They could be mixed in with something else. They maybe. got a nice texture, and I think they have a bad rep. Yeah. Totally. Um, okay. Mine okay. this week for for you. This is a who would you rather be quarantined with? So who would you rather quarantine edition? So first. Who would you rather be quarantined with, Jason Bateman or Jason Momoa? Bateman, 100%. <laughs> I feel like... Hashtag love. I mean, okay. Momoa's uh, well, too... Like, like, that's too much tank top for me. Like, I just... I don't need it. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to kick Jason Momoa out of bed or anything, but Jason Bateman, I think, would help keep you laughing during quarantine. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I need that. Okay. Um, Ryan Reynolds or Ryan Gosling? Gosling. Oh, you're like a romantic then, huh? Yeah. Yeah. The notebook, like, is still part of my heart. <laughs> and he's just got, like, that slow burn energy I'm into. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds might burn quickly and brightly. Like the humor and the joking could get like tired at some point and you could be like, yo, bro, like go, go in the other room for a minute. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, okay. One, one more. Mark Ruffalo or Mark Wahlberg? Ruffalo. Uh, I'm like no hesitation on these. Are we like opposite on each one? I am with you. No, I am with you totally on Mark Ruffalo. All the way. 13 going on 30? Like. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. I might, I might change on yours only that Jason, Jason I would probably pick Jason Momoa. I feel like he would be really fun to hang out with. Khaleesi? Oh, man. He could get, he could get it. Um. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's not all that can happen during quarantine, but if I'm going to have to be locked up with one other person for a while, then those aren't some bad options. With a crazy Dothraki? Yeah. No, yeah, that was good. I, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, all of them were kind of a, no one was like a hard no. None of them were like a Sophie's Choice. No. Either. Like, I mean. Not for me, but I did have strong opinions about each of them. Okay, good. So that's just just a little little bit to lighten the air before we go. Um, and you guys, um, I, I really think this week was a fun way to get you thinking about how to plan for your photo shoots coming up. But uh, in next week's episode, we're going to be focusing on self-care, um, tips, techniques, and ideas that we've been using to help keep ourselves um, sane because we're not neither of us are really but also just how are we taking care of ourselves and our families right now where are we struggling and where should we where do we want to do better like yeah we're it's a keep it real session that's for sure um and we'll jump into how are we helping ourselves where are we finding we have it we would love to hear from you um how you're doing it Okay, then join us next week for the next meeting of the Hot Young Designers Club.
Yes, meeting adjourned. Thanks, Sean. Talk to you soon. (laughs) Bye, Rebecca. Thanks for joining this meeting of the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Check out the show notes there for links to things we talked about today. We are keeping the conversation going on Instagram, so don't forget to like, comment, and follow at Hot Young Designers Club. You can find Rebecca on Instagram at Studio Plum. And you can find Sean at Renstead Interiors. That's W-R-E-N-S-T-E-D. And Desmond has hair all over his ears. Yeah, he has long, glorious hair. (laughs) And curly. Sometimes I touch his tail and he goes old. (laughs) Ha 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 ha!